Good evening, planet Earth. Good evening to all the Sector 4 freaks that are currently eating their evening stew. Good evening to the guardians of the light bulb. Good evening to the warriors of the castle. Good evening to the mages and maidens. Good evening to the bugbears and the scarlet panthers. It's August the 25th, 2021. Right around 10.40 p.m. But if you're listening on a shortwave radio device, it could be Saturday or Sunday night. Could be sometime between 11 p.m. and and midnight. That's 11 p.m. and midnight Eastern Standard Time. And this would be 5950 kilohertz. WRMI out of Miami, Okeechobee. From the Everglades, a great swamp creature shall rear its ugly head. In the night will come a sleepless dread. A monster with fur made of diamonds. A monster with glowing red eyes. A monster that only tells lies. Coming from the Everglades. Will Florida man save us? Will Florida man ever save us? Who knows what Florida man will do when the time comes? Who knows how many swords Florida man will put on his or her back, right? Florida woman. Who knows how many warriors from that dread swampy state will run screaming into the wilderness when the time comes. Florida man. Florida man. Tell me you're out there. Breathing the fresh ocean air. Tell me you're fishing for a tiger shark. Tell me you're fighting a giant squid. Tell me you're still alive, Florida person. Yeah, I don't know. 
weird times, brothers and sisters. I wish I could tell you I had any easy answers. I don't. I can tell you it feels like things are, are just simply getting crazier. But what does that mean? I sound like an old man. Dan, things have always been crazy. That's what they tell you on TV. Dan, you've always been forced to take things you don't want. Why are you thinking it's special now? I don't know. Because I think it's a joke. I don't know why anybody would believe half the nonsense that is broadcasted over the airwaves at this point. Half or even 5%. It's all just a big joke. I don't get a sense that anybody in this entire country, let alone the entire planet, is acting seriously. I get the sense that most people want to cling on to the most convenient fear they can find. And if it's a fear that they can rationally transcend with only a few mental gyrations, then they'll do so. And God bless if you need to do that. I don't think it's a great idea, but if you need to delude yourself to get by, okay. If you need to tell yourself that the human race has always been like this, that times have always been like this, that's fine. But if you're going to sell garbage, sell it to somebody else. Don't sell it to me. Sell it down the street to somebody. I'm not saying that the times we live in are so extraordinarily special that there have never been times like these. No, brothers and sisters, it's not that simple. But if, if I were to say the following, that I believe best case scenario, the human race is staring down an event that will be remembered for hundreds of years, that's the best case scenario. That we are looking at an event that's so significant that over the next thousand years, people will talk about it. And you think it's about the monkey herpes. And you think it's about the race war. And you think it's about the climate change they sell you. You know, it's possible that it's none of the above. It's not the reset. It's not the race war. It's not the climate change. It's not the monkey herpes. What if it's none of those things? What if all of those things exist to confuse you? And if you want to say, Dan, you're a broken record. Why can't you leave my fears alone? I'll tell you why. Because they're doing you no good. There is no escape hatch from any of these. There is no rational response. They say, take the vaccine. You take the vaccine. They say the vaccine doesn't work. So you take another vaccine. They say you got to take a booster. You do that. And then they say you got to wear a mask anyways and take another booster. Oh, crap you got to have another booster every five minutes. And I won't even give the race war, gender war, identity politics division very much time here in my head or yours. What I will say is it's all crap too. 
But you know what? A lot of people need to be afraid of the commies. So they tune in to Ian Miles Wrong and Andy No Clue, and they sync up on a lot of BS. So you need to be afraid of the commies that are basically a street show. It's lame Miz, it's BS, it's crap, it's bullshit. But if you need to be afraid of the commies, fine. Your government, the grain from your heartland, kept the commies alive for decades. Your government kept the Soviet Union from collapsing for decades. And then they did the same thing with China. But tell me again about the commies. Where do you think they are? And what do you think it is? You think it's Marxism? You think it's a belief system? It's a racket. It's a con. As crappy a person as Joseph Stalin was, and he was a terribly monstrous piece of crap, but I'll say this for Joseph Stalin, I don't think for one moment he ever pretended that any of the ideological garbage he spouted was real. I can't prove it to anybody, but I would say I suspect that he never believed any of it that he was a gangster and a sociopath, and he saw a machine he could take control of, and he did. Just like any other mob boss. So people are picking and choosing fears right now. And, and that's fine. If you feel like that's the best way to protect yourself, find something you're now afraid of. Find some new diet, new behavior, whatever. I don't care. Your life is your life. It's your business. All I ask of my friends is don't come to me months from now and say, how could we have known? Because I don't know how at this point you couldn't know. How could you not know the monkey herpes COVID thing is a psyop? You can call it a fiasco if you want to. For, fine, it's a fiasco that has taken on a life of its own, but it looks like a psyop to me. It looks like they're manipulating us on purpose. Specifically, it looks like they're trying to keep us paralyzed from doing anything, from acting out in any way whatsoever. It looks like they want to keep people angry and divided and confused, and above all else, mostly, mostly, not completely, but statistically, at home. They want you statistically at home. They don't want you going on big trips. They definitely don't want you going on cruise lines or airplanes. And despite all the rhetoric about the world opening up or different countries opening up, they don't want any of it to open up. What it looks like they're doing is buying time. But buying time till when? Till when? I want to believe, optimistically, in my heart. I want to delude myself and say that this is all about the collapse of the dollar. Um, because it would be the best interpretation of what's going on. That we are looking at, from an American perspective... From the inside looking out, we are, we are seeing what dollar collapse looks like from inside of a neo-Stalinist hellhole. 
and they tell you there's a snowstorm in Brazil, so there ain't no coffee. And they tell you there's a hacker at Tyson Foods, so there ain't no chicken. And they tell you that the Chinese are going crazy, so there's nothing being shipped out. And they tell you that a ship got stuck in the Suez Canal. And they tell you one story, one tale, one confusing narrative after another, and it all looks designed to cover up the fact that the empire of the dollar is collapsing. But that is, and, and please, brothers and sisters, understand this as I drink a little coffee. What I just described, and I've described it in other podcasts, is the best interpretation, the nicest interpretation of what's going on. It is the most optimistic view that what we're looking at is an attempt on the part of people who have power and realize they're losing it to either cover their escape or maybe as a way to create another gimmick, right? One more scam. But if that's what it is, they're failing. And I think they're failing soon. But I don't think that's what it is because, and I'll tell you why. It's because I, it's because it's what I want. And it's what a lot of people want and desire. They want a chance, a second chance at what we might call America. And I don't mean the BS. I don't mean the lies. I'm not going to give you a romantic vision of America as having been something that it wasn't. Because to Native Americans, to African Americans, to a lot of people, this country was kind of an oppressive thing for a long time. It may have taken a while for the nice Europeans to catch up with the tyranny, but by the time you got to the 20th century, almost everybody had caught up. So I'm not talking about that BS. And I'm not pretending to understand what America was like during the Articles of Confederation period. It was a brief period. It ended, what, in 1789, 1788, it was over? But there are many folks like myself in the freedom movement who idolize and treat it as an, as an idyllic period, the Articles of Confederation. But I have no way of knowing if that's true. What I know of American history is what is taught at the university or the high school, or what you can read in a book that gets published, or that Amazon allows you to read, or that the internet doesn't censor. And yeah, I guess you could say it's impossible for them to keep the truth out, but is it that difficult to hide the truth in a bunch of lies? Not really. That's the oldest trick in the book, really. You can't get rid of the truth, but you can bury it in lies. So nobody can find it. I want it to be dollar collapse. I want it to be the end of the empire. But I know that that's just not how things work. I can tell you that the level of crazy... Well, you know, there was this thing I thought up when I was sitting in a command center... I think it was 1998, could have been Yakima Training Center during an exercise. I was sitting, you know, in the Tactical Operations Center tent 
All the radios were set up, the computers were set up. We were networked, we were army, we were, yeah, we were mechanized infantry. And one night during one of these exercises, I believe we were just talking, different officers on staff at that particular unit. And I said, you know, if you really want to understand what's going on, you have to measure ridiculosity. And they said, well, what's ridiculosity? Well, I'll tell you. Let's say there's going to be a major event. And it's triggered by some general sending an email to some colonel saying, hey, let's have a party. And then that colonel sends out emails to a bunch of majors and says, let's have a party. And that one email triggers a whole bunch of people to do a bunch of stuff. But let's say the general sends another email that two days, no, a week later, he sends another email. And he says, no, we should have the party on a different day. And it won't be a party, it'll be a training event. And then two days later, remember there was a week gap, now there's two days. Two days later, the general sends another email. And this email says, you know, I think we should have the party again, but on a different day-day. And then he's sending out emails every 15 minutes. Every 15 minutes, the general sends out an email. And it's, you know, telling people that I want to do this, I want to do that, all about the party. If you measure the number of emails that the general is sending out, and you plot them, you'll find a non-linear function. And as things get really crazy and asymptotic, you can call that ridiculosity. That the derivative, the second derivative, the measure of chaos in the system is ridiculosity. You can call it velocity when you're talking about cannonballs, but when you're talking about crazy in a system, it's called ridiculosity. One operations order basically got the Southern Armies, the, the Southern Army Group, one op order in May of 1942. One operations order sent Army Group South almost all the way to Stalingrad. That op order lasted several weeks, actually several months. And then the first change order probably lasted a few weeks. Well, we're getting some resistance, you know. Those, those commies, man. By the time you get to December of 1942, at which point the Sixth Army under von Paulus was in a lot of trouble. You, you still had the belief on the part of the Germans that they could succeed, or at least on the part of Hitler. But by the time you get to December of 42, they're changing orders. They're sending out change orders, changes in plans every other hour. It's happening so often, so quickly, that units don't know what to do. They, in fact, become paralyzed because they are constantly being told to do something different. You could argue 
that by the time you get to January of 43, even though they haven't surrendered yet, there's still a few days, a few weeks, you could argue that it was over. It was done. Because they no longer had the ability to make rational, intelligent decisions at an organizational scale. And this phenomena might occur in a lot of different types of team dynamics. Um, communities can theoretically go through this kind of crazy, but it often is the result of people that think they're in charge, but they really don't know how to do anything. But sometimes it might be something else. And I'm thinking in the case of America today, the ridiculosity points to a possibility that I just don't want to think about. And that is that there was never a concern, ever, 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 ever a concern that any of the people that we think should go to jail or be punished or get in trouble, there was never a concern on the part of these folks that these things would ever happen. And for some of them, I think it's because they do believe in the reset, which again, I think is kind of a mind screw. I don't think it's a real thing. But I think for people at a certain level, they know something we don't know. And this is what troubles me. I believe that there is something that we should have a right to know, but it's being kept from us. And I don't know what it is. The only thing I am certain of is that we will find out fairly soon. None of the things that are being done in our society can last. None of this crazy can last. It all ends the same way. It doesn't last decades. It doesn't last centuries. You don't have kids wearing masks 20 years from now. And if your argument is, well, what about China? I don't know if anything I see about China is true. But I've heard that the air quality is very bad there. And so, yeah, I can, I can see people wearing masks to help with that. I'm not entirely sure the cloth masks do a great job, but I could see a person wearing a space helmet if the air pollution is bad enough. But the nonsense we're being put through right now, this can't last. You can't tell people, get the vaccine and you go back to normal. Or, oh, if everybody doesn't get the vaccine, we never go back to normal. It's been a year and a half of this nonsense. Does anybody really believe it's real? Do you believe the stories out of Florida about, you know, what? Um, crematoriums, incinerators running day and night because they're burning bodies. Do you believe these stories? Do you think it's real? I have no evidence that it's real. All I have evidence of is what I see. And what I see are lots of lies and not a lot of truth. I fear, brothers and sisters, and I, I had a different topic for tonight. I was going to follow an out. I was going to follow an outline, but um, I kind of need to rant about this. Uh, I do fear that it, that we're being lied to on a huge scale. I don't even think it's something we can measure, and I believe the default position of finding the nearest fear the one that's easiest to grapple with, whether it's fear of commies or fear of germs, you name it. There are many fears that people can grapple with, but there are some that people can't possibly grapple with.
I'm not sure if I want to even talk about this because the thing that disturbs me more than all the lies is all the fear we don't need. And the worst thing I could do would be to drop a giant turd on your plate and say, there is something they're lying about. My problem is I can't imagine that it's a good thing. Like, I could say, okay, if it's Christmas time and your parents are hiding the presents. And of course, parents, you know, they don't have infinite time, so they do the best they can. It's not likely they're going to build Fort Knox and, you know, they know kids will figure things out. But your parents will practice, some parents will practice around Christmas time, a minimal amount of deception in order to carry on the great tradition of Santa Claus. But I don't see Santa Claus in any of this. I don't see Christmas presents. I don't see a happy surprise. Do I see a surprise? If my if this fear, not this desire, because my desire is something different, but if this concern is true, if it's true, there will be a day when people will be so surprised some people will drop dead. If the thing that they're hiding even remotely matches the scale of the lies, then it's like I said, we are either looking at the complete meltdown of all global authority, and that could be the case, that the entire system is melting down, because I don't think it's just the United States. And because it's not just us, it's highly unlikely that it's something particular to just Americans. So if we're really lucky, what we're looking at is the schizophrenic sideways breakdown of complex bureaucratic legal systemic systems and structures that have enabled a kind of economics for a few decades that probably should have never happened and will never happen again. And I'm not talking about America first garbage or being anti-trade. I'm actually a big fan of trade. I'm just not a fan of planned trade or central planning. I'm not a big fan of the way they've been doing it. It's not the ordinary everyday person saying, hi, my name's Mr. Smith. My name's Mr. Wang. Would you like to do some trade? That's the kind of trade we should be doing. But the trade we end up doing is this obnoxious, ridiculous, elitist controlled trade. I call it neo-Stalinism. Other people call it globalism. You could call it mercantilism, but whatever you want to call it, it doesn't work. It was a lie. The same lie where you can just convince yourself that by shipping a job someplace, you ship its problems and its issues and its concerns. And if some other system doesn't mind treating people terribly, well, guess what? You can just have them treat them like slaves and then pretend everything's fine. You can have the Cato Institute write little essays of how it's way better for 10-year-old kids in the Congo to be digging for cobalt than it would be for them doing any other thing to include whatever traditional life they had before the rest of the world started screwing with them so they could get their smart device, you know. 
so you can have your electric car. For so many years, we were convinced that there were things we could do that could be done far, far away. We would never have to see. We would never have to hear. We would never have to be responsible. Well, all of that is coming to an end. The day and age where we can shit and poop on the entire planet and somehow keep our nest clean, that's over. I don't know what happens after the lie. I don't. I am troubled by that question because it is a powerful question. And it troubles me there are so many who don't ask it. That they have decided they've found their fear and their fear must be true. But I just don't see it, brothers and sisters. I don't see it. If your final fear is the reset, I don't see that definitely. What I see is a simple message and psyops have simple messages. The simple message here is stay home. Don't do anything. Don't talk to anybody. Don't ask questions. Don't be a busybody. Don't protest. Don't protest. Unless you're a commie, a sanctioned commie. And then if you're a sanctioned commie, you can protest. It doesn't matter if you block 12th Avenue. Sure, that's an important path to the Harborview ER. If you're a protected commie, you can dance in the streets. But the rest of us have to wear masks and hide in the shadows. If you're a protected commie. And like I said, I was going to start this podcast with an outline. And if this ever ends up on the radio, this is the Planetary Status Report on 5950 kHz WRMI out of Miami, Okeechobee. We're on Saturday and Sunday night, 11 p.m. till midnight Eastern Standard Time, if anything can be said to be standard. In the age of Bo Talk, the age where the crane beetles and the monster weasels and all the strange creatures that no longer have fingers or eyes live. The age of Boblimtok. And I was going to talk about ridiculosity in a different podcast, but I brought it up because it's related. Things are getting too insane. It feels like whatever it is is very close. I, for one, could be crazy and well beyond my tolerance for group crazy. Let me repeat that. I am telling you right now that my tolerance for human crap at this point is virtually gone. It's completely gone almost. If it weren't for living here in Roosevelt, Utah, and I can't believe I mentioned it, but living here in Utah, if it wasn't for living here in this small town in Utah, I would probably be going crazy right now. And if I were in Seattle, I'd be dead. A lot of people who are raised in the power system are raised on an ethic. Part of the ethic is the noble lie. Now, the noble lie 
is related to our good friend Plato. And for those of you who don't understand, even though Plato's Republic has the word republic in it, it's not much of a republic. It's more of an architectural manual for a totalitarian society. Yes, there's good stuff in Plato's Republic. And listen, a lot of Plato's dialogues rock. But he was kind of an authoritarian, folks. So let's not, let's not make that out to be something it's not. People in power believe in the noble lie. They believe there are lies that are necessary because if you tell little people the truth, they can't handle it. People in power think it's okay to deceive you. They will tell you that your mobile device is yours, but you shouldn't open it up. They will tell you that you own your house, but make sure you pay your property taxes, right? They'll say, yeah, that's your car. I really like that car. But where is the license plate? Officer McGee. Hey, that's a nice kid. But does your kid have a social security number? Does your kid have a social security number? The noble lie that I was raised on is that I live in a free country. And because I grew up in a small town um, in the 70s and 80s, it kind of seemed like that. It seemed like it. It appeared to be that way. But it was a deception. It was a lie. The people that are within the leadership cast of this country and the world, if you want to be kind. This is me trying to be kind. Like, let's pretend they're not just all evil. Let's pretend a few of them actually care. Part of that is the noble lie. I have to say that. And, that, and that's how you keep things like this going. You have to convince people that if you tell people the truth, it's worse. It's worse than whatever it is. And the, the thing about the noble lie is that that argument works on a lot of people, especially in the military. Like, I've met people in the military who have, you know, if you gave them the question, you know, officer, let's say, Captain McGillicuddy, fresh out of, you know, advanced officer course, Captain McGillicuddy, right? On your, way to, on your way to Leavenworth, on your way to War College to have conversations about combat, Captain McGillicuddy. Here's your thought experiment. Here's your, your assignment. You need to write 5,000 words, Captain McGillicuddy, male or female captain. There is a comet headed towards the Earth. There is a comet headed towards the Earth, Captain McGillicuddy. It will impact in five days. Do you tell people? There is a comet. It will destroy all life. 
maybe a few people can live like mole rats deep in the ground. What do you think, Captain? Do you tell people? There's five days. Do you tell people? This is a question I'm asking my brothers and sisters who are listening. This is a philosophical question. There is a comet. It's half the size of the moon. It's heading towards the earth. It's it, When it impacts, it'll impact at 75,000 miles per hour. And it will probably knock the earth out of its orbit. And there is no earthly scenario where more than a dozen people could survive. Maybe a few dozen. Maybe in some type of underground bunker. But who knows how long that lasts, right? And so, Captain McGillicuddy, do you tell people? Do you tell the people? Let's say Captain McGillicuddy is an Air Force captain. Captain McGillicuddy has access to data. Captain McGillicuddy works at NORAD. Captain McGillicuddy found out. He shouldn't have, but or she shouldn't have. He, she. It doesn't matter gender. Captain McGillicuddy found out somehow. An email, a message, a file came across their desk. These systems are not perfect, brothers and sisters. They leak. So Captain McGillicuddy knows something. He or she knows something most people don't. And there are five days. And in five days, if what he or she knows is true, it won't matter. You see, this is the thing you have to consider when it comes to these folks. It's not simply the possibility that they're sociopaths at the top. But somewhere in that muddy middle are a lot of people who actually believe they're doing the right thing. These are the people that after 9-11 said to themselves, I gotta fight the terrorists. I gotta sign up. I gotta do what I gotta do. They didn't ask many questions. They didn't speculate on the third building, World Trade Center 7, the one that fell several hours later because of plastic chairs and paper, which they still sell at Office Depot. So I guess anybody can blow up a building now. Of course, all that is absurd. And there are architects and engineers who are currently pursuing lawsuits based on the absurdity of World Trade Center 7. But nobody cared or asked too many questions. I was the same in 2002, 2003. For a few years, like a lot of Americans, I was shell-shocked. I was overwhelmed by the lie. And so I didn't question it because back then... And this is how stupid I was. I could not believe people would be that evil. I mean, I could always rationalize the mistakes. You know, Hanlon's razor is popular because it makes it easy to take evil and call it a mistake. But actually, when you make a bunch of mistakes on purpose, it starts to look like evil and not a mistake.
If you were Captain McGillicuddy, would you tell your family? Would you tell your friends? If you were a loner like me, it wouldn't matter. You could just go home to whatever apartment or apartment or hole or rental or mortgaged out little shack and you could take off the next five days and get super drunk and maybe have sex with hookers. Who knows? You're the only one that does know. And let's say, Captain McGillicuddy, that it's not just that you know, but you are also aware of another important and wise fact about the universe and human beings, that humans can be wrong. You see, this is the other problem with five days until the end of the world, is that people could be wrong. It's not simply that there's a noble lie argument to be made that this is so terrible, people go crazy, they go monkey crazy, they start tearing down things and setting things on fire, that's no good. But you know what's even worse than that? The possibility, which may seem completely remote to many of you, that the government could be wrong, that they could believe that the end of the world is near, but it, it isn't. And so if you go out and say, in five days, a giant comet, you know, a portion of the size of the moon going boblimtok thousands of miles per hour is going to impact the earth and there is no way human beings will survive this, not more than a few people and even then, right? Why would you tell people that when it could be wrong? So part of this is the noble lie. It really is. It is that argument that there are some truths too scary, so scary, that if people found them out, they couldn't possibly rationally deal with them. And as someone who believes, you know, believes we should live in a free society, an actual free society, I am, re I am repelled by the noble lie concept. It bothers me on so many levels, but I can understand it. And I could see how a lot of folks in the government, that muddy middle, a lot of folks who are not necessarily sociopaths, not necessarily bad people, they, yeah, they, they made a career choice I don't really agree with, but I made that choice for a while. There are lots of ways in which I could have stayed in the army. I simply made choices that led me the way out, but there were things that could have happened and I could still be in. So I'm not going to spend all day judging people for making bad decisions like joining the military. That's their right. Everybody has a right to be stupid at least once. As long as it doesn't kill you and it's still your ice cream cone if it does. There is a muddy middle and I think those people have to be told a story. And part of the story is you're doing something. X. Let's call it X. You're doing X with respect to Y because Y, the variable Y, is something people can't know. So you're doing X. You're going to do X and you're going to keep doing it and be quiet.
So if you're asking yourself, could there be something real behind all of these fear monkeys that have been tossed at us, I think it's possible. I don't understand any future built upon people just staying at home and ordering from Amazon. I don't see any future in people taking out zero interest rate or 2% interest rate loans on cars and homes that have maturation dates 50, 60, 70 years in the future. When I heard about that Argentina century bond like five, six years ago... Okay, get real, folks. In a hundred years, Argentina will probably have ten different currency collapses. So if someone from Argentina wants to sell you a century bond, and this was a thing, like I think they actually issued 50-year bonds, well, okay. But what kind of crazy person does that? How do you... I mean, if it was the United States... And you said to yourself, well, Dan, we've been around for a couple hundred years plus. We'll be around for a couple hundred more. I don't really believe that the empire will, but whatever. If you want a 50-year treasury bond, there are people that could probably make a convincing argument that this wretched sideways thing might last another 50 years. I don't see it, but whatever. But how? And this was the question I kept asking in 2015. How could a sane person buy a 50-year bond from Argentina? It, it's crazy. It makes no sense. It's not based upon history. It's not based upon any type of analysis. It's based upon a kind of weird, disturbed faith in a system that, you know, was kind of designed to fail. The entire monetary system was engineered to blow up. You cannot have a world be run by anyone, okay? You could argue, well, there's the Lord in heaven, fine. But I'm talking about the affairs of people. Putting people in charge of the affairs of people ends badly. When it comes to economics, it ends really bad. You end up with, well, frankly, supply and demand mismatches, misallocations, because there is no way to make predictions about what people want and what they'll need. And so your only options are basically too much of one thing and too little of another. This is not a great way to run anything. A country, a company, a life. So I think if you look at this from the noble lie perspective, then a lot of this kind of makes sense. It does. I'm not justifying it. But it makes sense. If, if someone were to go to somebody in the government and say, within 30 years, let's talk about this for a second. Because 9-11 is interesting. A lot of people don't realize this. But for a period of time after 9-11, I think, almost all domestic flights were shut down, like no airlines were flying. And for a few days, much of the country was just kind of shut down. And you could say, well, that's a result of 9-11, but I'm going to throw a crazy idea at you. What if that was part of its purpose? Like, what if they needed a really outrageous excuse to do a couple of really terrible things, and one of them was they needed to take, needed to take a baseline?
Remember, just because the government thinks there's a problem doesn't mean there is one. And even if there is one, probably the worst solution will come from the government. So if you think about things like, could it have been a baseline? What do I mean by that? I mean, what if they needed some basis to start from to do what many people believe they're doing, and that is geoengineering? Um, I don't know if you remember this, but in the 90s, the conversation, the late 90s and early 2000s, the conversation shifted from global warming to climate change. And here's one of the reasons why. Because they couldn't explain the bizarre weather. They couldn't explain the fact that if you go east of the Mississippi, for example, for the last 10 years, you have completely below average temperatures compared to the rest of the planet. It doesn't make any sense. Basically, it's like you have two climate zones. You have something that kind of matches the temperate climate zone of the United States 20 or 30 years ago. And then you have everything west of the Mississippi, for the most part, being freeze-dried, being fried out, being obliterated from the sky, and call it what you will. If you want to call it El Nino or La Nina or something else, call it what you will, but the Pacific Ocean, if you believe what you're told, looks trashed. A lot of the West Coast is kind of trashed. And it hasn't gotten better, it's gotten worse. Is that global warming? What I understand about global warming is that the amount of water vapor in the atmosphere should increase. Which means you shouldn't have these super droughts, not the way we're having them. In fact, having lots of droughts usually means you have water that is locked up. And one of the ways you get this is not from global warming, but actually from the opposite. And yet, I don't see any rational argument that explains how we're going towards an ice age. So sometime in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, they began to spin a tale, and the tale was it's climate change. And they put all the little freaks out in front of us. Al Gore, you know, back in 2019, 2018, we got little Greta Thunberg. You know, they come up with a new freak show every few years to keep you confused. I think Leonardo DiCaprio played the freak show for a while. But again, it could be a noble lie. It could be a lot of crap. If you believe what you're told, there are trillions of tons of organic material around the Arctic Circle that used to be frozen. That's why they called it permafrost. It was permanently frozen. Yes, during the summer, it would thaw at the top layers. But for the most part, that organic material had been trapped for thousands of years, like some believe upwards of twenty to 50,000 years worth of organic material more or less frozen around the Arctic until recently. Now, it looks like the permafrost is melting, and then you add to that potentially trillions of tons of frozen methane in the Arctic Ocean. You put this all together, and it's not climate change. It might be related to global warming. It could, it could very likely be related to the dumb stuff our government's been doing and the noble lies it's been telling. It could be totally related to that. We don't know because they don't trust us to know. But again, brothers and sisters, they don't talk about the clathrate gun much. In fact, they mostly make fun of it. Does that make it true or false? 
You know, there are a lot of folks who love to attack the golem, the monster called climate change or global warming. But what if I told you that straw man was put out there for you to beat up? That's why it's there. That's the horrible thought. What if all along it's been, it's been worse, way worse? And if it is the clathrate gun, if it is the methane bomb, it's called a positive feedback and it is exponential and it speeds up, which also means we will find out very soon, perhaps in the next few months, perhaps the next year, we will find out if it's happening. I was told once that the Arctic was an air conditioner. In fact, it was the air conditioner. The, the ice, which, which again, a long time ago, the ice covered the Arctic Ocean pretty much year-round almost. The ice reflected sunlight. It produced albedo, reducing the amount of radiation the Earth absorbs. But what happens when the Arctic turns blue? Well, it actually starts absorbing the radiation instead of reflecting it mostly. This could all be crap. This could all be made up. This could be a fear monkey too. The reason why I became interested in this particular fear monkey is that, well, frankly, Google and just about everything else you try to use as a search capability tries to bury it. And only recently, only in the last few weeks, have articles been popping up. Again, popping up. The algo says okay. Only in the last few weeks have these articles been popping up. Oh, we might have miscalculated. The methane situation could be worse. It could be bad. These articles have been popping up. A year ago, if you researched the clathrate gun or the methane bomb, it was buried. And, and if you found anything, it was the moon. The moon is the problem. It's cheeseburgers. It's SUVs. But what if it's just the simple fact that there was a tipping point? that might have happened anyways, that we had governments that did incredibly dumb things, not the least of which the Keynesian economics that decided that the growth rate of a bank is more important than what would be the natural growth rate in nature. Thank you, Tumor. Yeah, and then on top of it, what if they decided that they were the only ones that could fix it? And so they decided to put together a geoengineering program. And maybe they did it after World War II. Maybe they did it right around 9-11. Maybe 9-11 was a baseline to sample the conditions of the atmosphere to include the ozone layer, to, to include ultraviolet radiation exposure, specifically UVC, which is, you know, right below X-ray. And then you have the noble lie. And the first big one of this century was the war on terror. And this allowed them to do all kinds of crazy things, which we may never discover all the nutty things that were done because of the war on terror as some sort of general justification. But now we have all these other noble lies. And every day, we get swamped with more noble lies. And it seems as if all they want people to do is stay home and behave. Don't make noise. It'll be over soon. What they're doing always had a time limit. You can't do this to a population without introducing the possibility of adrenal fatigue. 
eventually people collapse due to stress. No, no, no amount of drugs helps you. You can fill a person with drugs, their liver fails and they die. So there's not a drug solution, there's not a therapy solution. The only solution to this type of thing is to ignore it and to recognize it as a lie and to move beyond it. The only solution to the COVID is to recognize that it was a made up thing, that it was completely made up. That's how you get past it. But I don't think people will because it feels too good. The lie feels too good because I think, and I could be wrong, I don't know, but I suspect a lot of people on an unconscious level understand that there's something else. But they also understand that given the scale of things, that something else is probably pretty terrible. And so they would rather cling on to whatever convenient fear floats their way. Fear of commies, fear of germs, like I said. Fear of cartoonists who are racist, you know. Fear of genders, fear of each other. Fear, fear, fear. All of that seems like crap to me. And so the only question is why? And so we end up at the end of this hour at the same place we started, and that is why? Why are they doing this? I, I threw you a theory, the clathrate gun. I hope it's wrong because that one has some really horrible outcomes, but still the question is why? If you're listening on the shortwave radio, this has been the Planetary Status Report, WRMI, 5950 kHz, Saturday, Sunday night, 11 p.m. till midnight Eastern Standard Time. And the notes for this podcast broadcast can be found by going to dfgtc.org slash show notes, but given that this was kind of a stream of consciousness thing, there won't be many notes. I don't know what to tell you. I would ask that you do your own thinking on this and that in the coming weeks, if you're surprised, deal with it.